0: Yeah.
1: How long can your business survive without marketing and sales?
0: Welcome to the Company Growth
1: Podcast. This is the Company Growth Podcast. This is Alicia Dominico.
0: I'm your host, Alicia Domenico.
1: My name is Karen Kelly. I uh, started in sales uh, 20 years ago.
0: It's March 2020. Everybody is is in their second week of home uh, self-isolation with the COVID-19 pandemic upon us. Okay, everybody, right now, it's a crisis, but it's not going to last forever. The shock is going to wear off. What insight could Karen Kelly from K2 Performance Consulting, a sales training and consulting agency, give us now? We seek insight for how to grow your company in these dark
1: times. Really, we work with sales leaders and their teams who are struggling to uh, improve sales performance. There's a lot of uncertainty, and people are feeling very much like, what
0: should I be selling right now, considering that people are dealing with this sort of homeward crisis, and maybe my product doesn't scale online yet. Um, they're they're feeling a little bit nervous because some people are, of course, dealing with personal tragedies. So, you know, should you be selling? Is that the right thing to do? Um, and I always come back to the fact that sales drive the economy and and more people, they have said, will go bankrupt because of COVID-19 than will be actually affected by it. Um, I'm not sure if that's still true <laughs> one week after I heard that news. Uh, but certainly, I think we need to be doing what we can to be forward thinking about the fact that things will will eventually return to some le- new level of perhaps, but a new level of normalcy. So what are your thoughts on what, you know, what should people be doing right now to be thinking about the economic health of their companies as they try to continue to grow?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a really great question. It's a question that's on everyone's mind and I'm hearing a lot of of noise on all platforms addressing this question. And you know the question I ask and this really depends with your whether you're or not you're a small business owner or corporate but like how long can your business survive without marketing and sales and and as you said a lot of people a lot of companies will fall in this uh, economic downturn and just with what's going on with so much uncertainty and, and how long can we go for but in the same point there's a lot of room for creativity and innovation when you're kind of backed in a corner and Companies that um, innovate and really lean into their creativity from a virtual standpoint, those are the companies that are gonna see, you know, exponential growth that they may not have otherwise seen had this not happened. So in saying that, if you were going to continue business as usual, I would say absolutely not. The, The first and the most important step is, you know, we have to acknowledge what people are going through. And this is, you know, when you talk about the art, and sale, uh, the art and science of selling, this is where the art comes in and the empathy. And a lot of people are saying, hey, hope you're well. And that's just not even giving it the, the service that it needs. So when I'm reaching out to my clients now, it's, I'm, I'm creating a really safe space for them to share with me how they are feeling that they might not be be well, well. yeah, they might not be well. And when you just say, I hope you're well, you're not, you're not inviting them to share with you, you're kind of making it about you. And so I say, how are you doing? How is your family holding up? Because a lot of people now I've worked remotely my entire life, but this is new to some people. So Mm -hmm. the challenge is I'm very aware of them. So I, I, what I am finding is as I'm reaching out, People are so excited and, and happy a, to hear a voice and see a face, whether it's on Zoom call and just that absence of connection and community in a time like this, it's, people are really craving it. I feel that, you know, if you, if you have a product or service that you cannot sell right now, and if you're in you know, the um, tourism or travel industry, just a simple, hi, how are you doing? You know, whether it's a call or genuinely asking, saying no need to respond if you don't like, I'm just thinking about you. And there's empathy, but there's genuine empathy you know, where you actually care. And I I can I can detect the plastic empathy when people are just it's still a spamming email. Mm -hmm. And I just feel that people that aren't handling themselves correctly now, it's going to really hurt them and their business later. Because that's that's what you're gonna be remembered, you know, for is how you handled yourself now when people like I'm watching the death rates and it's they're going up. So we don't know if someone's lost a loved one through this Mm -hmm. and to re you know, to receive a cold call or an email at this critical time. Like it's, it's just, it's, it doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth.
0: A hundred percent agree with you. And, and, you know, a lot of the the things that we have been doing um, for our company and with our clients has been, you know, refreshing the message and changing things. But I think it's also important on a one-to-one email that you're sending and, and, um, I think that the key takeaway there is, is like what you always preach in practice is to lead with empathy is particularly more important right now. And those greetings, um, asking a question or phrasing it in a different way than hope you're well. I mean, you would probably always start an email with hope you're well, most people do that sort of, you know, most reps would be doing that. But right now, just changing the language around that to be like, how are you and your family holding up in self-isolation, just showing that that you crafted this with an acknowledgement of what they might be going through right now and rephrasing the question so it's not that stock standard, hope you're well or how are, like, that it's something different, I think could go a long way. Let's talk about um, that connection piece that you also brought up. I think that's so important and one of the things that I've been advising people to do is to make the phone calls right now. I think it's critical to be on the phone and, you know, we always say in sales, a just checking in is not usually valuable. It's usually about you and trying to see how your deal is progressing. So it should be a just checking in though right now could be very meaningful to see how they are coping and to give them some of that human connection and and rapport building phone calls just for the sake of keeping the relationship could be the most meaningful thing that you could do right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I know there's different sides of the fence with regards to, picking up the phone regardless if we're in a pandemic or not. And I would be um, of the phone calling, team phone calling. Yeah. But but now I would absolutely agree. And, and the irony is, you know, people are picking up their phones and they're answering it and it just shows where we're at and where that pendulum has swung to the complete other side. And uh, you can just, you know, you can feel the sincerity when it's coming across through their voice. I would add if you can get video on there I would do that because that's where you have the eye contact if you talk about connection that's where you have the eye contact the body language and you know the active listening and it's it's just what they're saying great but it's what they're not saying and I feel on video it allows you to pick up on those cues and that's where really drawing that empathy and that understanding and trust that, you know, I I get this, we're all in this together. And I feel that when you can turn on that video and a lot of people don't like it, you know, you just get a completely different type of conversation and it elevates it to a level that it would have been a face-to-face equivalent, you know, had we not been in isolation.
0: And let's let's actually um, let's drill down on that. I'm a big fan of video. I'm a big fan of recorded videos and using our Vidyard and HubSpot uh, free integration and, and sending people video messages right now about everything. What, no matter what, they're a customer, what state, whatever stage they are of the buyer's journey. I'm I'm sending videos all day long right now using that Vidyard extension. But there's also this piece of you know using FaceTime or something like that to actually make your calls. And while you and I have always worked remote and we're very comfortable with it, a lot of people, it's not the work from home piece that is even the struggling piece, it's the KAH, which I call kids at home, that is making people feel a lot more frazzled um, and unable to cope. So so what do you recommend? Because you can't really just FaceTime people in a business relationship and, and they may be picking up their phone right now, which is a change, but I doubt that they're necessarily in a position to look like they're ready to take a video call spontaneously.
1: And I guess it depends on the level of, um, the, the relationship. So if you have a tight relationship, you could schedule a call and just say, Hey, I, I hate the checking in touching base, but that's kind of what it is. But it's a genuine checking in to make sure that you're okay. So if you know them really well, you could schedule a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, you could just pick up the phone and say, you know, and, and even if they're, they don't answer you can leave a nice voicemail because it still has your tone yeah and the yep. language you're using is going to come across as I'm I'm genuinely caring totally agree with I, you, agree with you. Voice I tone also is so important. it completely is and and I do you remember that video of the, of the CNN guy a while when his kid came in and you know it was a big <laughs> disaster so, months yeah. ago you know that's that's the norm right now so I feel that when I'm talking to clients who I would normally meet in a in a suit and they're in a baseball cap now you're also seeing a different side of them and a real side and some of them are bringing their kids up and you know i think that's fine i -hmm. I think when we return back it's going to be very different and i know this is a completely unfortunate and awful time we're going through but i feel that the human connection is going to be different and improved as a result of this
0: i agree you know one of the We can talk about predictions at the end of this call, but one of the things that people were always saying about teenagers in our more recent eras is that they're all sitting around in a group together, but they're all on their phones talking to each other instead of looking face to face. And one of my predictions is, I mean, we're going to be studying this whole COVID self-isolation thing for years to come. It's going to be as much analysis and, and essays and books written about it as we see on the Great Depression um, or on, you know, any of the world wars as to what led to it, how did it happen? What did it affect? that that's going to be like the next 20 years, we're going to be reading about it and studying it. Um, but I think one of the things that might come out of it, if I was to predict is that people who used to criticize that or, or that teenagers who maybe hung out that way or people that hung out that way, we're going to really have a joy of being around people face to face and not being on our device, even if it's just short term, I think that that will actually be a, a, a change in how we consume screen time going forwards. I think it might it might have a long lasting effect on socialization.
1: I would agree, and I would hope so. I, I know that I'm not a millennial, and um, you know, I, it's funny when I go on an elevator and I'm making eye contact, ready to say good morning, and nobody looks up. And <laughs> looking, <laughs> you know, making sure I smell okay, but I'm just thinking like nobody—they're just heads are in their phone when you're walking down the street, people are almost going to get hit by a bus. And it's just, you know, I feel that they that generation is going to get a bit of a wake up call, like you said, Mm -hmm. it may be temporary, and then they go back to it. But I feel that's all they also know, right? They were they were brought into that generation of technology and instant gratification and social media. I have two kids. And that's all I mean, my daughter was swiping a phone at nine months, you know, so we were just it's it's different. But I, I hope that the shift is a little bit more long-lived.
0: And it's interesting that you say that 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 uh, it's the phone mentality, um, you know, of being on an elevator. For me, that that's always been like a Toronto mentality. Like in other places, you would look up in an elevator, but in Toronto, I would always keep my head down. And I don't know if that's from, I I'm, 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 was kind of from the Toronto area, but I was always sort of like in a big city. I definitely don't make eye contact with people as comfortably as I do in a smaller smaller town population-wise, and I don't know, I always, you know, but I think part of that is also screen time too, has certainly exasperated that that human-to-human human connection with strangers. It's very valuable. Let's go back to how, what we can do now to help drive the economy. So we've covered the concept of how important it is to be checking in. If you if you can't be selling right now, in, in that sense, if you can't be closing deals right now, you can definitely be strengthening relationships. And the way that I focus that on is, you know, my whole mantra for the for the year of 2020 was I want to really work with people that I like. And so, um, you know, I was having a low moment of, of this grief that we might be feeling of isolation. And I was thinking, you know, I'm gonna, I want to call all the people I really enjoy working with and just hear them and see how they're doing. And, and, you know, the old, the old mentality is, well, you have to focus your time on the people you're doing deals with. And the new me is kind of like, I don't really care about that right now. I just want to connect with those people who are fun and make work enjoyable because, you know, that in itself is, is an important thing to connect with right now. Um, but I also think there's a real important piece here of what if companies can't be closing deals right now, investing in training could be really important. Um, so let's talk a little bit about those kinds of things that where we can be upskilling right now.
1: And I think it's a great time, and I obviously I'm biased to that, I think it's always a good time, but I feel now that people are working remote, so I think when they're removed from the office, they there's things that they can and they cannot be doing, but if you look at you know podcasts, people are doing where they would maybe have done one before, they're doing two and three, and it's really to in response to the content consumption that people are doing, they're, they're thirsty for, it, they're hungry for it, So I feel that, you know, from a training and development standpoint, there's no reason why you can't be doing it virtually. And prior to this, anyway, you know, you think about the cost of bringing your whole team in and apart from a sales kickoff or a regional sales meeting, you know, it's it's costly to bring everyone in. So I would always say like I I would go into those times, but if you can do it virtually uh, or a blended approach, you're still getting skill development and you're still investing in your people. So I feel right now and I am doing quite a bit of virtual training now and the one that I start with and it's it's strategic is mindset because people are asking me how do I market do I market is it shameful am I going to be you know misperceived that I'm greedy in this time and and my response is you don't have to stop selling you have to have a modified message but we also want to be mindful that we can't uh, become obscure. So obscurity is, is a big thing. And if you were obscure before, you're going to be even more obscure after. So how do you stay relevant in this tough times? And you can be delivering message, marketing message, whether it's of inspiration, um, hope, something that your what your company or your product is still doing for other people. But I feel to stop cold is not good for you, because when you stop something to get back into to gain that momentum is difficult. But also your clients are gonna forget who you are after all this is over. So I feel it's still gotta be a constant nurtured drip, but very adjusting of the tone. So it's not a hard sell and a hard pitch. It's just, hey, we're still here. This is what we're doing, this is what we're helping, but still like don't, don't, don't completely fall off, you know, the face of the earth, but have a modified, empathetic message that still lets people know that you're around.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we work in the education SaaS um, at Tangible Words. We, work, we support education SaaS platforms or software as a service all, a lot. It's in one of our core sectors. And, and actually what's kind of amazing is the ability, going back to your point about creativity and innovation, how that private sector has stepped up and is communicating things that would help parents um, and educators at home right now. Um, You know, we've got Edge Factor offering free resources for students to be upskilling. There's a lot of um, high school programming that is uncertain how they're going to be able to deliver if if the schools don't reopen in Ontario. And they've got, you know, the curriculum matched to those pieces, for example. So all of that is really neat to see the private sector stepping up to solve a need for right now. And I I don't think that those innovative ideas are going to be snuffed out. I think people are, as ever hungry for things to keep their kids busy with or to keep them, you know, um as edge factor says, stay healthy, keep learning. Um and I think definitely for you in terms of looking at how you are um poised for for sales training, showing people how they can be doing those those connections better and and to be nurturing those relationships and staying relevant. Um, making sure that their product stays relevant in this time is a very, very important strategic session about the messaging for, for companies to be having right now. Um, because the world has changed very, very quickly without, you know, a lot of warning here. Give us some ideas about, you know, top tips of, 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 things besides empathy and connection. I know you talk about polarizing, you talk about messaging, you talk about, um, you know question asking and all of that sort of stuff what else are you sort of recommending at this time uh, beyond the things we've already covered
1: well uh, i'm happy to share that i also wanted to share just in terms of uh, grants because a lot of companies now are feeling the pinch of uh, obviously lost revenue and it's going to impact things and a lot of you know time sales training unfortunately falls off that list so a lot of my clients are taking advantage of the canadian ontario job grant And that does cover depending on the number of employees up to 80% of training costs. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's good because you know, when, when things do go back to normal, they're going to need, the reps are going to need that development. Just as you said, to make sure like our product is still relevant, how are we going to go back into the market? Did we completely exit that we have to now have a marketing and sales strategy to get back in even your ideal customer profile this is a a dynamic document because it's always changing but even three weeks ago you may have to do another one now because maybe you only um, targeted customers in canada now you have global reach so you know your messaging your communication is all changed as a result of what's happening and i think that even if this weren't happening you still need to evaluate what's what's happening in in the industry are you still relevant is your messaging still relevant and, you know, just look around you, you know, I think sales is an iterative sport. And when I talk to people and they say, you know, we're using a single methodology or we're, we're, we're just very single lane right away. My impression is, you know, that might've worked 20 years ago, but now with social media and the, the buyers coming in at 80% of the way down the process, you've got to be trying different things right? You have to just see, it's just, it's always hit and miss a B split testing. What's working even in a campaign, this message worked up until now it's no longer working. Okay. We need to stay more relevant. What are customers saying about us? What are some success stories that we can capture that language, put it back in and then, you know, send it out to your, to your, to your prospects to see like, what is breaking through the noise? And I think that's the biggest thing is everyone is blending into the same color we're all looking and sounding the same and especially on social media now because everyone's gone they're working remote and they're online and it's just critical to really stand out and it, it's difficult to do and you know I would say you know if you're getting your face and your message from a video standpoint that's that's definitely going to help because you can connect with people and they can kind of hear as we talked about before the tone in your voice And you can just have a more personal experience about this is, this is the experience we provide. You get a bit of a taste of it versus, you know, a blog or, and and they're relevant as well, but I feel just mixing up your messages so that you're, you're getting multiple touch points.
0: We've been saying this for a long time in digital marketing. It's not enough just to run a newsletter, right? You've got to be in all of the places online, where they might be, where your customers and prospects might be, um, and you've got to have an offering for them in every in every channel that's relevant to that channel. Um, so you know, blogs, emails, social media, uh, depending on the channel of social media, social selling, all of that stuff is probably now more than ever relevant. But you need you should be having strategic sales messaging and. Innovative sales planning and marketing um, communications conversations almost on a daily or week to week at least level right now to make sure that you're staying current because, you know, things are changing. And so it's day to day for everybody. I think I don't the number of times people have said to me, it's day to day right now. Um, and, the, you know, it's constantly you're constantly shifting. Um, I think that we are we 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 need to be communicating with our own teams and, and sharpening the sword on a much more frequent basis. You know, it used to be quarterly meetings for this sort of thing. And now it's now it's day by day.
1: Yeah, and I, I think moving forward is going to be more frequent, probably not day by day. But what you want to do is you want to prevent it from actually hitting the floor. Right. So you want to keep the balls in the air. And as you see them getting a little bit lower, then you, you check in and you tweak before they hit the ground. So it might not be quarterly, but it's not going to be daily as well. But I think creating that pattern and that behavior is going to train people to go, okay, we gotta we gotta reevaluate, we gotta check in, we gotta, mo- you know, monitor what's working, what's not, and pivot. Yep.
0: And I work in the world of tracking that stuff. That's why we are HubSpot partners, and we work with these technologies. And HubSpot is is being a great leader right now, as well as well as some of the other technologies that I'll cover. But I think they're being a great leader by making sure that a lot of their technology is more affordable. Because if anything, people need to be tracking, and there's been some resistance. You know, still some companies are not doing it yet. They're not on HubSpot. They're not on any of their uh, similar kind of Frank and Spot technologies that, that try to, you know, you try to stack up all these other technologies to try to do the same thing that HubSpot does. They're not doing that yet. But if anything, tracking is going to, I think we're going to see that that mindset changes and people are going to want to be able to track things remotely and across multiple channels like, like we typically see all the time with HubSpot customers already doing but I think, you know, looking at leadership and what other software companies are doing and going back to your video point, I love that, you know, Google came out for G suite customers with live streaming for the Google meet product and, um, also, um, recording of videos for training purposes, all for Google, Google suite, uh, G suite customers yesterday and, or two days ago. And also they also came out with, um, the ability to add 250 participants. So being able to run webinars and run these online training sessions is now um, easier than ever. And technology is really stepping up. These SaaS platforms are really stepping up to help companies work more
1: remotely. I remember when I I became certified as a virtual trainer a few years ago, I went in with a bit of skepticism thinking nothing's going to be the same as in person. And when I left, there was probably six of us in the course. And there was someone from Germany and someone from Florida. And I had the same feeling as if we were in the same room. Hmm. So the level of engagement, if done correctly, and, and I actually have a module on this, because when it's done incorrectly, you know, you've, you feel people are distracted. So you virtually, you're already competing with their time that their notifications are turned off. And if you're not engaging and connecting and adding value, that phone's coming out and they're going to be surfing or checking, you know, LinkedIn or whatever. So I feel that, you know, when you can create genuine tailored engagement, it's the same as face-to-face.
0: I'm part of a group that for the last couple of years, we often will have, we'll have courses and we meet weekly for these courses. And it's a Zoom link where we have, uh, Zoom has been great for this because everybody's webcam is on, we are all engaging. And then we go into breakout rooms, which I think is so important for creating that um, smaller group setting or creating that kind of rapport that needs to happen in a virtual setting. Uh, so I really am a big fan of Zoom's breakout, breakout sessions in order to, because that's where the relationships form that you would get sitting beside someone in a room um, where you can really talk candidly and and just get to know the other person better, and that really strengthens the experience of the virtual training as well.
1: Yep, completely
0: agree. But those those training sessions have been transformational for my company, um, and for everybody who's part of them. And it's created this real this real siblinghood of, of uh, we're all a bunch of agencies working together, learning how to better train our our clients and work with our clients to support them. And we lean on each other, and we're all leaning on each other right now. So it's a relationship that lasts. Uh, via slack with another software that we use to keep in touch afterwards it's a relationship that lasts well past those trainings too so I believe that there's a real opportunity to build community through online training um, no matter what the group is if it's within a company or across multiple companies
1: yeah it, it uh, absolutely and it's it's funny because I had a zoom call personally on Friday night with a few girlfriends and only when I saw them all did I realize how disconnected I was. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you don't feel you are until you see them. And it's, it's almost too late. And you realize, oh, my gosh, it's been that long. And, you know, you're just if you're staying at home with kids, you're just pulled. But you still need to look after yourself and, and fuel your own vessel. And I just on that call, I was like, yeah, I, I waited a little too long for this. And I'm in need of it. Yeah. And
0: I think that I mean, that's the you know, people are talking about who do you take care of? Well, I think you should be taking care of right now. You have to take care of your prospects still. That ha- that need has not gone away. And we've talked a lot about relationship building for company growth. Well, you have to take care of your customers. A hundred percent, you've got to be finding ways to help them hang on to their lines of business right now. Um, and, and that is that is a critical relationship. But you also have to take care of your staff, which is where we started with this training piece. But um, it's been one of my goals to get out and call all of my team members to see how they're doing. Because I think that absence of that communication and those checkpoints um, you don't really realize that, you know, everyone's head down, bum up, and you're all communicating on Asana, which is a, you know, project management virtual software that we use to stay connected. And we're all doing our tasks, we're all emailing, we're, we're in the right places at the right time. But that connection, that, that ability to just kind of relax and check in with each other, um, as a, with your own team, it might be something that you don't realize that you're missing right now. So So bringing people together for some virtual training could be very restorative and healing as well right now for your, your team.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely agree. And, and on the flip side, I see some people unfortunately doing it wrong where they're just really micromanaging and doing too many check-ins and it's almost, there's a lack of trust Mm -hmm. that I feel that, you know, as leadership now is very important and I feel that, the way you handle yourself now, and the leadership or the lack thereof that you're demonstrating to your team, it's going to hurt you when this is done. Mm, yeah. And and I, and I feel you know leaders genuinely need to be vulnerable, and they want to they need to build trust with their team. And for a leader now to say candidly, I don't have all the answers. Like I don't know where this is happening because nobody does. But to just disarm in front of your team like that and just showing that we are truly in this together it would do so much for the morale the culture and the, the cohesion within the team but some that are claiming they know it all and we're still business as usual and i'm going to check in like you know very um it's, it's too structured and it's too there's a lack of trust there that i feel when your team needs a more human connection right now you are playing that card so wrong <laughs> The micromanagement
0: piece is always that's close to my heart, too. And you want to show a sense of trust and trust can manifest in multiple ways. Trust is I trust you to do your job and not be checking in that you are doing something for me while you're working remotely. Like there is there could be some fear from company leaders right now where they're saying, look, now you're working from home, is anything getting done? There's a little bit of a fear maybe there. Um, and so if you can, if you, you know, for us, we, that's, you know, we've always worked remotely and we never have that fear because there's accountability and, and there's tasks and people do their tasks and you can always see that. Um, but that's not the reason why we do it. It's, it's predominantly just a task management tool. So I think, you know, if managers who are feeling that way really need to lean into project management software, like Asana, like Reich, like Trello, whatever you want to use. Um, there's so many out there, um, But I think that you need to lean into one of those so everybody can just get organized to say, well, what can we be doing right now? Because I think that lack of leadership of what the tasks are that need to be done may create trust and not actually any kind of, uh, or distrust and not actually any meaningful reason for it that could be scarring for a relationship. Important to be vulnerable, like you said, to create trust, which is a second way that trust can manifest. And when you're leaning into your team for ideas, um, that's something that I find myself doing as a company leader right now. I'm saying, "Look, I want to help this client. I want to do more. I want to help them hang on to the things that, that you know. You know, business as usual doesn't work. So, what can we be doing?" And I'm leaning into my team for ideas, for that creativity and innovation, so that we can sharpen our sword for our clients and, and just be ready to flex and able to help. And and it's amazing how you know the ideas that come out of a process like that too so again using we're using a santa to have those conversations and to and to brainstorm what new strategic options and tactics we can employ for our customers to take back to them as a group and that's another great way that company leaders can actually foster trust to show hey i need you i value your ideas um which is which is the better way to, to to create deep rooted trust i think do you agree with all of that
1: i completely i completely do and i think uh you know, a lot of it is you co-create everything, whether it's with your team or your your prospects. And I just feel that there's accountability there because it was you there was a collaborative approach. There's ownership and they're gonna actually want to achieve it because they have they have some skin in the game, they had some ideas. But a lot of time people in leadership are too removed to the front lines yet they're the ones driving policies and making making the changes and if you just say hey like what's what are some ideas here you guys are out there what are you seeing what can we do those strat sessions are unbelievable what comes out of them something that you probably would not have come up with on on your own or with one or two people and i just think what a better way to build trust and to really drive inclusivity and community at a time like this. Always it's good, but more so now. People, you know, when they're working remote and they're kind of isolated, a lot of creativity can come up from that.
0: Perfect. And that takes us back full circle. Was there anything else that you wanted to make sure that, you know, for company growth, company leaders, things that they should be thinking about right now um, to, to make sure that their company stays healthy and strong through all of this?
1: I would just say really look after your people, make sure that you are leading with genuine empathy, you're looking out for them. And because I feel like as a manager or as a leader, anything that you're modeling, you're hoping that your team will adopt as well. So if you can model a truly empathetic, disarming, vulnerable persona, that in turn is what your reps will do to their clients. And that downstream trickle effect is what creates and nurtures relationships well beyond what we're going through now. So basically model the behavior you are seeking from your team. And hopefully, you know, you'll see the, the results that you that you like that you want when all of this is over.
0: There you have it. That's it's more we've always talked about sales as being very important in 2019 from starting from 2018. It's all about a human-to-human connection. And right now, more so than ever, your sales process is driven, your company growth is driven by human-to-human connections. And that is the most important thing to hang on to right now. Karen, thanks so much for being on the show. I know you're running your own podcast right now. Um, Tell us a little bit about that and where people can tune into it.
1: Okay, great. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on the show. And I know it's a very tough time for everybody, so hang in there and stay healthy and stay safe. Uh, we are, we're actually, we haven't launched it yet, we'll be launching it in a few weeks, but it's called the Sales Game Changer Podcast, and it's really for B2B executives to, I'll be interviewing them on a weekly basis so that they can share some of the uh, tools, technology, development process that they've implemented, and as a result, have produced game-changing results for them, their team, or their organization. So I feel on podcasts, people are always looking for what tips, what actionable items can I implement immediately? They're going to drive some results. And I feel it's important to share because there's so many, so much overlap and opportunities to share and implement and see similar results that we just need to get the, the right people uh, on the show and uh, the right audience. So it's B2B focused, but there'll be some, some SMBs and some entrepreneurs as well.
0: Perfect. Okay. And in our follow up blog on this on the tangiblewords.com forward slash blog. If you look at company growth, we're going to do a blog that accompanies this um, show. And we'll make sure that you have a link in the name so that you can search for that on Spotify or where you're releasing it, Karen.
1: It's going to be on um, all the platforms. So
0: Spotify. podcast. Yeah. yeah.
1: Perfect.
0: Perfect. All right. We'll leave it up to that. And thanks so much, Karen. Really pleasure to have you. If anything, growing your company online right now, I would say is your biggest priority.